following presentation is brought to you through the power of science. Shiny. Welcome to Generations Geek, a family-friendly celebration of geekdom by father-daughter centipede trainers. I'm Scott Pearson, and this is my daughter, Velociraptor Jenkins. Hola, senor. And we are two generations of geek. This is episode three, War of the Geeks, and we'll be talking about how you can contact Generations Geek, seeing Star Wars for the first time, and playing Xbox in Flux Card Game. If you're ever sitting around wondering to yourselves, how can I interact with the geeks at uh, Generations Geek, you know, all up on the computer and the interwebs and stuff? Well, I want to talk about that. Uh, first, I do want to make a little side note. It's Thanksgiving week, and we're all sick here. So uh, how are you doing over there, Jenkins? I feel like somebody ran over my head with the train from Super 8 and then reinflated it with carbon dioxide. <laughs> well... That was more graphic than I was expecting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I just uh, I just crunched down the, the, re the remains of a cough drop because I thought if I tried to speak on the mic with the cough drop in my mouth, it would sound like I had loose dentures or something, rattling or something. But uh, let's get back to contact information because we like to pretend that there are people out there listening to us and that you might want to get in touch with us sometimes. So uh, we are all over the Internet. We have a website, generationsgeek.com. We're on the Twitter that is so hot these days, at Generations Geek. We have a Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Generations Geek. And if you really want to get in touch with us, send us an email at thegeeks at generationsgeek.com. Yeah, that'd be great. You guys should ask questions and we can answer them and feel fancy. <laughs> well, there it is. Star Wars. When I say Star Wars, because I'm a cranky old man, I've said it again, and I'll say it before. There was only one Star Wars. It came out in 1977. There's no Roman numerals. That's it. End of story. I know this by heart by now. <laughs> He's had to listen to me go on my little rant for years now. Uh, here's the weird thing. Well, I'll get to the weird thing, but first, backstory. Uh, I was about 13 when Star Wars came out. It was the perfect age to see the film. I loved it. I loved it to pieces. I went back to it over and over again. I'd never done that before. I bought the soundtrack. I'd never done that before. I, listening to that symphonic soundtrack made me start listening to classical symphonic music. I'd never done that before. Star Wars really did change my life, changed the way I approached movies. Because when you go back to a movie repeatedly, you start noticing little uh, details that you don't see the first time around. So it started a whole extra layer of appreciation of filmmaking. So you would think, hearing all that, that me being stereotypical geek dad would immediately indoctrinate my daughter into the world of Star Wars. But unfortunately, or uh, not so unfortunately, no, I didn't do that, did I? Uh, yeah, I, I left her in the awkward place where her friends would be making comments uh, about uh, some of the most famous films ever made. And, she and I'd be like, ha ha ha, R2-D2, right? <laughs> and the reason why this happened was because, of course, now I have to talk about the fact that, yes, there are movies with Roman numerals. Episode 1 threw me off so much, that's when I really started my There Are No Roman Numerals. And uh, not that I, I mean, you know, I had problems with Return of the Jedi. It started, it was a long, it was a, it was a long 
road downhill for the franchise. But recently, we uh, decided it was really necessary for Jenkins to see Star Wars. She's a couple years older now than I was when I first saw it. And it was a very retro evening because I only own the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS. Yes, people, VHS. Oh, yeah. It was the most special VHS release for DVD. And it, and it says, it makes a point of saying, this is your last chance to own the original movies on VHS. And it was the special THX remastered letterboxed edition. I think it might have been the first time they were letterboxed. I can't remember. But they are letterboxed and they're cleaned up a little bit as far as like the mats and stuff, I think, for this in this remastering. But that's it. There was no extra tinkering. On shot first. There was no messing around with anything else. So, Jenkins, what did you think on your first viewing of this classic film? Good. It was really fun. I am completely in love with the scene where they're just all bored out of their skulls on the Millennium Falcon. The, it's awesome. The uh, scene where you get to see the droids playing the game. Yeah. Chewbacca, yeah. Classic scene. Who is your favorite character? Han Solo. Yeah. And is that because he also was Indiana Jones, or? I don't know. Harrison Ford is pretty awesome, but yes. so is Han Solo. So. <laughs> and the look on your face, I made a point of looking over at uh, Jenkins when Han Solo first shows up on screen, because I didn't know if she would remember that Harrison Ford was in the film, and she's seen all the Indiana Jones films, so I could tell by her look of delighted surprise that uh, she hadn't quite, I don't know, did you did you remember? Or did well, it just... I sort of heard it, but it was one of those things where it's like, well, I haven't seen Star Wars, so you know, whatever. Like, I'm not going to remember. Like, think about that a lot. So it was sort of in there in the back of my head, but then part of it was the last movie I saw Harrison Ford in was um, the fourth Indiana Jones movie, uh, Crystal Skulls. So he was, I mean, he was kind of an old man in that compared to <laughs> yeah. what he was in Star Wars. Yeah, so. you're leaping back uh, 35 years to uh, yeah. Yeah, when he looks like he has barely started shaving. It's been so many years since I've seen it. I think the last time I saw it might have been when it was uh, re-released in the theaters in the special fancy pants. Uh, George Lucas did too much to it with CGI edition. So for me also, I had that surprise of seeing them all as kids, all the actors. What else about it stood out for you as like the classic film it was? It sort of immediately, like, catches your attention, and then you're just sitting there, and all of your attention is focused on it, which is strange because I know I am always multitasking. Like, I'll be watching TV but playing, like, Minecraft on my iPad or whatever. You are a child of the 21st century. <laughs> or I'll be, like, um, goofing off on Facebook, but I'll also be watching, like, Voyager on my iPad. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's really strange. I can't really explain it. You just immediately connect with the characters and are fascinated and just have a whole bunch of, like, moments of awe and stuff that, yeah. I mean, just after a few minutes. Like, it really grabs you. It's easy to overuse the word classic, but, I, I mean, it's classic in the way it's structured, in the way you're introduced to the characters. It's a movie that flows the way movies did in the 40s or 50s. It's just really solid filmmaking, and it holds up so well after all these decades. <laughs> So, however geeky we are, we've never really had an actual gaming system. We've always had computers and computer games and 
you know, more recently, um, iPods and my iPad, but we never had like a gaming system. So when we went to Half Price Books, I saw that they had original Xboxes there. They were selling the from 2001 um, for like $20. And I just immediately was like, I need to have this right now. It's too cheap <laughs> to pass up. You did not have to twist my arm much at that price. Plus, all the games that we buy are, I mean, if you go to Half Price Books and look at their Xbox games, they're all like $6, $7, I mean, 9 at the most, really. Yeah, and then you can go on to your internet shopping place of choice and find used ones for even cheaper. You end up playing postage, but you still end up paying 6 or 7 bucks tops a game. So, yeah, I just immediately was like, oh, man, this would just fulfill my third grade dream of having an Xbox <laughs> like other children. <laughs> We're so cruel. We deprived you of Xbox. Yeah, I know. You only had iPads and iMacs and iBooks and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> We actually ended up getting a refurbished Xbox because that one came with extension cords for the controllers. They reach all the way to the couch. Yeah. So you can relax very comfortably on the couch. We got, I know we got Medal of Honor. That first, first day, yeah, we got Medal of Honor was the only was game. The only, that was the, okay, so we only had one game. So it's called Medal of Honor European Assault, and it's not really that family-friendly because it's um, a World War II game, and a lot of the games for gaming systems like that are really first-person shooter games, but there's also a lot of other games. You just have to find them. Yes, we picked up, like, say, we have Colin McRae Rally, the road, road rally racing game which is completely family-friendly. It's but, so much fun. But a lot of the games uh, are, you know, like Medal of Honor. You're shooting people, and so they're for teenagers, and parents have to decide what they're comfortable with. There's sort of a wide variety of the level of gore that's involved in this, so it uh, it varies from game to game. I think, if not all, almost all of the um, shooter games we have are rated for teens, so we haven't even gotten any mature games, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. It's very challenging, and I find it... Probably like a lot of older people that start something like this for the first time, I find it doubly challenging. I think it's easier for Jenkins, too, because she plays piano and uh, guitar, and so I think <laughs> it's easier for her to do different motions with her hands at the same time. That's Where, what his theory is. That's my theory. That when I'm trying to you know, run in one direction and look and shoot in another direction, I'm all over the place. It's uh, quite <laughs> amusing. I let her take point when we... One of the games we picked up was Halo, which... Uh, the again, original Halo. Yeah, the original Halo, because we're... we're the original we're, Xbox. We're kicking it old school here. Yeah, buddy. It's uh, kind of violent, but it's alien blood, so it's a little bit less gruesome in that regard. But it's still, you know, it's a little edgy for uh, very young kids. But we were playing that in two-person mode. Yeah, you can play multiplayer. So um, you're both on the same level at once, and you're on the same team if you want to be. So then you can just, like, run around and find cars, and so one of you can shotgun and the other one can drive i spend a lot of my time saying where are you <laughs> because she she's on point she takes off she takes a quick left turn i'm i'm left you know wandering around like a crazy old person <laughs> but uh, but it's still a lot of fun and challenging i find that my friends who have xboxes tend to sit down and play them for like 15 hours straight and even while I see the fun in doing that, I also, like, I get through one level in Medal of Honor. And then I'm like, oh, boy, okay, where's the food? <laughs> I'm very pleased with the purchase. It was well worth the Yeah, the, the 20 bucks. Yeah. Or whatever it was. And we've now joined 
the generation of people that have console games in addition to their, their desktop computers. Flux is a great collection of card games. That they're, they're called Flux because the rules themselves change as you play. The basic rule you start out with, you draw one card, you play one card. But the cards that you're drawing from include cards that change how many cards you draw or play. They change the goals, the actual conditions you need to meet to win the game. You never know quite what's going to happen. There are several different editions. We've picked up a few. Jenkins has some of the uh, cards out here. For examples, tell the good peoples <laughs> a little bit about some of the cards that come up in the game. Yeah, we have Eagle Flux, which has to do with animals and stuff. Star Flux, which is just a riff off of all sci-fi ever. And then we have Monty Python Flux, which is pretty self-explanatory. Monty Python Flux is definitely the silliest one we've got because you can get new rule cards. Like, I don't remember the exact title, but it's basically during your turn, if you sing a couple of bars of a Monty Python song, you can draw an extra card or two. And so that's really tempting always. So you're always like, what's a song I can sing? Or it'll have keepers are the cards that you play. So in Money Python Flux, there's the catap the catapult and coconuts and the holy hand grade of Antioch. Yeah, the the keeper cards are the ones that are laid out in the table in front of you, and they're the ones that are most involved with the goal, the winning of the game. It'll say if you have this card and that card, yeah. you win. Then for Star Flux, there's Starship and Time Traveler. That one's a pretty obvious riff off of Doctor Who. There's goal that's that's no small moon, so you have to have the uh, the small moon keeper and the space station keeper out on the table to win. There's a lot of Star Wars riffs, a lot of Star Trek references, Doctor Who, like big space opera concepts yeah. in general. And then once you go into Ecoflux, then there's the frogs eat insects goal. So the player that has frogs wins if someone else has insects on the table because yeah, it's a very and then there are like yeah, that one. A, one keeper is flowers, and there's an action called scavenger, so you can go into the discard pile and find a keeper and use it for your own evil plans. Even though it's all the same basic concept, these sort of randomized rules that change as you play, the different themed versions make it really interesting to go from one game to the next, and there's a whole bunch of them. Next up on our list to get is Martian Flux, which plays a lot off of War of the Worlds and other uh, sci-fi Martian kind of stories. Zombie Flux. There's Zombie Flux, of course, because zombies are all the rage. And there's Cthulhu Flux for you Lovecraft fans out there. I really want to get that. There's, uh, what was the one that you wanted to get? I want to get um, Oz Flux oh, yes, with Wizard of Oz. Oz so that would be fun. And I want to get Original Flux as well. It's very family friendly. You can play with up to four players and it can last anywhere from like five minutes to an hour. It's so much fun. And if you have little kids, I mean, then you can get Eco Flux or Original yeah. Flux. Well, that's, yeah, they have, most of them are very geeky, but they have a few like the Eco Flux. So if you're Playing in a uh, mixed company of non-geeks, <laughs> so you can uh, make it non-geek friendly by yeah. out Eco Flux. And now, a Generations Geek special announcement. At the top of the show, when we gave you all those ways you could keep in touch with us via the interwebs, 
we weren't kidding. We really do pay attention. We were getting ready to tape that episode. I like to say tape because I'm an old man. We posted it on our Facebook page, and we got a couple of like clicks from Dayton Ward and Richard White. So here's a shout-out to you guys. Thanks for following us on Facebook. They're both writers whom I got to know through a Star Trek connection. We've all had Star Trek stories published by Simon & Schuster. So you should track them down online, buy their books, say nice things about them, follow them on Facebook, and all that sort of stuff that validates writers in the 21st century. Well, that's all we have for this episode. But before we go, remember that Generations Geek is a part of the Chronic Rift Network. Broadcasts from a police box, but bigger on the inside. Please give their other fine podcasts a listen at chronicrift.com. And please follow Generations Geek on Twitter and Facebook and all that other fancy interweb stuff. Thanks for listening. Come back again next. No geeks were harmed in the making of this podcast. Danny.